0: I'm Marisol, and I'm Adam, and you are listening to The, the Reading, Reading Aloud, Aloud podcast.
1: podcast, a podcast where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication is explored in real time by a real couple.
0: That's us. In season two, we bring you along on our tour to keep the conversation going. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> hey
1: there. Hi. Hi. Are you mad at me right now? Absolutely. Why are you mad at me?
0: Because you're so defensive. And then you become defensive about being like then you defend your defensiveness. Uh-huh. And the fact the idea that you could admit that you had reacted with defensiveness is is just bes- it's like not even a part of it. The I question. never do it. Not until we have this kind of conversation.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. Like I'm not really going to push back on that. You know, I do have a bad habit of being defensive and that shows up every now and then so i apologize about that especially in our relationship Mm -hmm. so how are you feeling otherwise tired Mm -hmm. how Mm -hmm. about you um i'm tired i worked really freaking hard today but i i got a lot done i've been finding this recently about like i have been on one hand, I've w- I just been starting the week slow from home, and I don't know why. Everything since COVID started, like it just takes me Monday and Tuesday to really get going. Like I get things done, but by Wednesday, I'm finally actually have my like feet under me. And that was different when I was going into the office. Like when I was going into the office, I would really start the week strong and fade during the end of the week. But here at home, I start the week. Less productive and pick it up towards the end. And so, as I picked up my productivity today and really started getting some stuff done, it actually energized me. And, you know, I worked really hard today, but I got a, a ton done. So, do I'm, you, feeling, I'm feeling pretty good, even though I, you know, am tired of staring at a computer screen.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like you've got, you've been taking a lot of Fridays off? Do you feel like you're kind of, you kind of get this like, uh oh, got a lot to do before the end of the week
1: thing happen? I think the urgency plays into it to a certain degree, but I don't know what it is. I think it's, it's taking me longer to transition out of the weekend time because I am still in my home space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm currently still working from the kitchen table. So it's the same table that I was spending Saturday afternoon that I'm also spending Monday morning at work. And that's a really hard, like, I need a space transition a lot of times. And so I'm just getting used to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well you've been invited into the office
1: well yes I know I have been invited into the office and for the listeners out there you are seriously getting the inner workings of uh, soul <laughs> and Adam conversation but it's it's a constant up and down like I, I think I need a little bit more structure around it like I'm working in the office from this time because I don't like having to kind of get up and move. And I was working from the office, but then I have to go down when this call, and I can't be on a call because I'm loud on the phone when you're working. And it just, you know, it's like a lot of back and forth. And so that unknown, I, I actually prefer just to like, X out that, that all those different decision points that have to be made, simplify it way down and just work downstairs.
0: I understand that. But I think that there is a benefit to work trying a little bit harder to work it out. And we were working it out for a little bit. So in other words, I'm still mad at you. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> I hear that.
1: Um, okay, well, yeah. I mean, I think that that's why I said, you know, I think I'm going to need, if we are, I'll offer up the solution that we need a little bit more structure around it. You know what else I'm mad about? What are you mad about, babe? <laughs> that you have not once got on on
0: this thing and said, and I'm mad at you. People just think I'm mad.
1: Well... I think you get mad at me more than I get mad at you.
0: That's your problem in all directions. (laughs) Access a little bit more anger and stop making me mad.
1: (laughs) Okay. We've talked about anger, actually. I don't want to talk about anger. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) I want to talk about the fact that you left me alone for 10 days.
1: Oh, okay. Yes, which is true, (laughs) which is true, which was predetermined. (laughs) Um, it it was a planned trip, but yes, I was gone from you for 10 whole days. You took a trip
0: down, down the Buffalo river,
1: down the Buffalo river. So uh, Arkansas. Yeah. For those listening, I, um, you know, it was a, it was a trip that I wanted to do in preparation and to prepare my mind and body and spirit in order to receive and welcome the expansion of our family in this in this and this baby and i think that there were very deep spiritual reasons for going on the trip and i think at the same time there's a more superficial reason of like this is probably one of the last big solo trips or adventures that i'll have time and space for um both by choice and just by reality for at least the next long while and that's totally okay i'm not upset about that but it was the reality of it so i seized that moment and decided to go on this trip and we talked about it and you know came to a decision that felt good to us dates that felt good to us it was a family decision for me to go um it wasn't like i just told you about it and yeah i went on this trip and it was freaking amazing
0: yeah and i've I really want to talk about a couple of the lessons you learned because I think they're they're pretty cool, and you know, highlighting again that this was a solo trip. So tell us, um, <laughs> Trouser is watching us talk like a boxing match, and I think she's on high alert because she doesn't like it when I'm mad at you because then she's mad at you. Right. I'm not mad anymore. I am. You are. <laughs> I'm definitely not mad about you taking this trip though. Yeah. I'd love to hear. Like where do you wanna start? You wanna tell us the highlights? Yeah. The takeaways?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact on a, that you on left a trip me like,
0: for ten days.
1: Yeah, yeah. Probably won't focus on that, but if you want to, that's fine. Um, yeah, so I think there's a bunch of different angles that I could talk about it from. But, you know, broadly speaking, I the, the essence and the, the fact that this was a solo trip, I think is one of the most powerful things. And I have done solo experiences in the backcountry and in nature by myself before, but never to this extent. So I was eight days. I mean, I was 10 days by myself, but two of those days were on the road and I was eight days in the wilderness by myself. I think I saw about six people in the first three or four days and then the rest I didn't see anybody. And you know, that is a significant time. And I, I, and I think like, you know, you say it and people are like, wow. Yeah. But when you're in that moment, it, you know, the time moves differently to spend that much time by yourself and not just like hold up in a house by yourself where you're watching TV or engaged in society in some ways. I mean, you are just in nature by yourself with your thoughts. There's, there's no other distractions. Um, some deep stuff can come up during those times in that period of time. I mean, I remember on the fifth or sixth day when I was experiencing some significant rain and weather events, which I can talk about, but you know, I mean, I was having lots of processing and conversations with myself and learning lessons about myself that wouldn't have been possible if I would have been with other people or not in nature. And so I think just the the whole frame of putting myself in that situation was uh, both a test and something that I was excited to do, and um, something I feel grateful that I can do and have the ability to do. And really, the takeaway was that was a huge lesson, and I'm glad that I did it.
0: Yeah, even as I'm listening to you talk about it, I'm I'm really inspired. You know, I I think. So again, if it weren't COVID times, I would be doing something without you, but it would definitely be around girlfriends. So I would have taken a couple trips this summer to lakes or beaches, Uh, definitely would have liked to have left the comfort of our home and put myself in an alternate reality. But I can't say that I would be interested in doing that solo. And I think you know, you're going to tell us what the big takeaways were, but like, or, or kind of the pivot moments or whatever you want to call it, the highlights along the way. But I think as I listened to your story, I've heard you, so you told it to me right away, which was cool to get the raw unedited version right off the river. And then I got to hear you tell it as a story um, the other night to some friends. And it was really cool to hear that version because I, it was clear to me that you had synthesized some of your experience even more like it, it had crystallized. Like when I heard you the first time, yeah. what
1: were the differences? That's, that's interesting to me. What were the, you know, differences that you heard?
0: Well, when I heard you the first time, first of all, you were telling me and you were telling me while you were driving and I, we spent three plus hours on the phone at that point. And it was just like, minute by minute details you know there was so much raw emotion in it because you hadn't talked to anybody you hadn't seen anybody so you know I
1: was other than myself and the armadillos (laughs) that I made friends with Christopher Christopher extensive conversation with him
0: the armadillo Christopher the armadillo and you know so I got this version of it that was just really raw and like the first time you are even thinking about it in a concrete way. And so it was like, this happened, this happened. So it's like you're telling yourself for the first time too. So there's a little bit of like shock, disbelief, amazement, you know, impressed, proud. Like there's all this emotion that comes with it.
1: Do you feel like um, that kind of first raw emotional... Um, telling of the story i guess is there a comparison or i i guess i'm curious from a storytelling perspective when i told it in a group of friends the other night you know a pretty lengthy like there was space given to me to kind of tell this full story having heard both was it a good synthesis or do you feel like they really missed out because or everybody really missed out because you're the only one that really got that raw immediate story
0: I think the raw stories are really preserved for our loved ones anyways because they are the parts of us that it's it's just really like unedited and vulnerable like that is just it's it's just meant for ear for specific years you can't tell everyone that kind of story because there's just too much room for misinterpretation or, you know, we get to decide who we tell what. And so it's a privilege to be on the raw, to hear the raw, unedited version. Your storytelling the other night was so much more engaging. You know, it was shorter. It was engaging because I learned new stuff, even though I had heard literally what I had thought was literally every detail. I learned more stuff because it came from this place of integration. I mean, you don't integrate the moment it happens. That's a that's like a simmering in the pot kind of thing. So, you know, getting to hear the story on the other side, it was a great story and it was accurate. I mean, it was the same story I had heard before.
1: The fish that I caught got a little bit bigger <laughs> no, in the no. second time, I think so, <laughs> no. right.
0: Yeah. No, and you know, I thought I thought I was like, oh, I wonder what what will be embellished because that's what we do when we storytell. We you know, the story grows in our mind and it gets more excited for impact and emphasis. But no, I mean, I really felt like I got to hear more of like the the what was of value to you. And so I would love for you to share kind of maybe you can even break it down for the purposes of not telling even that version to, to these folks on Reading Aloud, but to just break it down to kind of a beginning, middle, and end, like how it started, what happened, and how it ended, but really, really succinct.
1: Yeah. Um, and pre- if you
0: hate the idea, you can say to the listening audience, I'm mad at you.
1: No, 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 <laughs> no, no. no. Um, there's no. Re- there's very rarely reasons to be mad. Um Oh my
0: gosh! (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. There are Uh, a lot of reasons. That comment probably made you mad at me, (laughs) right? (laughs) (laughs) No. I know, I, at first I was just gonna say I think that's a great prompt and I appreciate that. First, I would like to say I love how this conversation turned into a little bit of a an interpretation or our analysis around storytelling and how we tell stories, uh, which I think is a fascinating topic. Yeah, it's just really interesting to me and and getting to hear your perspective on how the story that I told changed even from one moment to the next. So,
0: storytelling is such a valuable part, oral history and storytelling are such valuable parts of how we learn. And so, again, I learned a lot about you in that process. And I think that if we could do more storytelling, we assume often that people don't care about our stories. Yet, when we choose not to say them or omit them or whatever, we end up missing opportunities to teach and or learn from others.
1: Mm-hmm. yep that's a, that's a really powerful point um, we could do a whole podcast on that okay so here's the story of my trip to my solo trip to the buffalo river i feel like there's we've built this up now and now i have to tell a good story no
0: so what i want you just as a reminder i want you to say like how it started what happened and what was the takeaway like i'll tell you a story So I woke up, (laughs) I woke up, I got out of bed, I felt pretty peppy, I started my day on time, it turned out like a crazy madness of a day with lots of interruptions, and the takeaway is I got to practice being flexible.
1: Okay, so I went to the Buffalo River I was, I was spending eight days on the river, eight days, seven nights. And I, I put on on a Saturday, and I took off on a Saturday. So that's kind of how the days broke down. My specific intentions going into the trip, I think, were grounded in self-discovery, in a desire to do a lot of writing, um, a lot of journaling and writing while I was on the trip, um, as well as just a lot of self-reflection time, and, of course, enjoying the outdoors, The first couple days that I was on the river, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, even Tuesday, were really incredible. There was incredible wilderness, epic beauty, especially my first two days I had one of the best camp spots I've been at and was just doing exactly what I intended to do. Starting around Monday, and I know I mentioned that in one of my better days, but It was fine when it first started, but starting around Monday, it began to rain, and long story short, um, by Wednesday afternoon, I was having to essentially evacuate the camp spot that I was on because the river was flash flooding, um, because it had been raining so much. Well, it was hurricane
0: rain. It was hurricane Zeta rain.
1: Hurricane rain, which I did not know at that time. And some of you may be, well, didn't you look at the weather beforehand? Yes, I had looked at the weather beforehand and had certainly not predicted this amount of rain. All of the weather things were, were not predicting this. So by Wednesday, I was moving and the river was flash flooding. I was moving up into the woods, uh, up the bank from the river and had to reset up a, reset up my camp. And was stuck there for about three of my days up in the woods. Um, the river rose over 20 feet, which for those of you that know rivers, it's a lot. I mean, I know it sounds like a lot, but it's it was a big rise. It went from about two, three feet on the gauge to about 22, 23 feet on the gauge. 24, actually. And that was kind of the trip. I I spent four days at this spot trying to decide how to get out. There were moments of panic. There were moments of worry. There were moments of looking up towards the sky and just shouting, stop raining. There were moments of peace in all of that. And uh, I eventually made it out on Saturday and paddled out my canoe in um, high water and made it out to my final destination completing the trip safely i think to round out your prompt here my you know i had a bunch of takeaways but one of the deepest takeaways that i really took from the trip was this sense of truly trusting myself trusting my instincts and trusting my abilities And trust in oneself is an interesting thing because I see it and have seen it even more now as one of these practices I'll relate it to breathing. It's something that we do every moment in a way. You trust yourself when you take a step and walk. You trust yourself when you walk up stairs and you know how high the stair is. There's aspects of trust in the self that's really just integrated into our daily lives. But it's a practice and it's a philosophy that you can consistently over time deepen, just like breathing. Every day we breathe, but there are monks and folks in a meditation community that spend their entire lives just learning how to breathe, just deepening their understanding of breath. That's it. And... I think trusting oneself has some of those qualities. And so, you know, I really felt like I took a step forward and my lesson away from that was to truly trust in myself because throughout all of the difficult situations that I faced and having to make multiple decisions that in fact had consequences, had I made a completely wrong decision or multiple wrong decisions in a row. I was able to make good decisions, make decisions, and the reason I was able to make good decisions and the reason I was able to have trust in myself was because I placed myself in that situation as the priority that I made decisions that put my safety and myself as the priority because in those situations of, you know, the river's rising, it's a flood, there's big huge tree stumps going down the middle of the river like massive trees that have fallen down and going down the middle of the river and I'm in the middle of a wilderness, there's no trails around, there's no cell phone service, I haven't seen people for four days. The biggest asset that I have in that moment, the biggest asset that I have is not my headlamp, it's not my knife, it's not my canoe, although the canoe was really helpful. It was myself, it was me. It was me, my body, my health, my warmth, my sanity, everything. And so I had to make decisions that were placing me as a priority in that so I could make a good decision. And that was a really important lesson for me to learn. As a person who consistently makes decisions that puts the needs of others ahead of my own, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but we also need to learn the balance of making decisions that put our needs first, that put our needs first. That was really important for me to to just learn this lesson that I can make decisions that put my needs first, that place me as the priority, and that decision is the best decision. That decision is a good decision. That decision works out for everybody involved, and really learning that in a visceral way when... You know, my, my, my safety, my sanity was on the line in those moments. And I made the decision not thinking about my gear or what somebody else might do, thinking about what was best for me. That was really powerful.
0: I think that's a good point. Also, the not what somebody else would do is a really important element to this because that's the deepest form of trust you know, you were bringing all the skills that you have and you could have come as prepared as possible and still ended up in a situation you had never been in before. And I would say you probably hadn't been in one exactly like this. And, and yet you were, you were not just trusting your skills and what you had been taught, but you were really trusting your instinct. And, and that was what was most impressive to me was, was, you know, I was super impressed at all of the techniques and the tricks that you use to keep yourself safe. I thought those were incredibly ingenious. And I'm sure if somebody reached out and was like, tell me everything, story start to finish, you'd be happy to do that. But, you know, there were just a lot of things along the way that I was like, wow, that's an incredible trick or tool for gauging the water and how fast it's rising, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But what's really, you know, that's a lesson that I've also learned in my life is when I take care of myself, everyone wins. So what you said was, me being safe and healthy and my sanity and safety being a top priority was good for everyone. And it's true and you know the response from our group of friends one woman said, you know, welcome to parenting. Right? This idea that, you know, while you're dealing with a kid who literally needs everything from you, can't do a thing hardly on their own, the most important person in that equation is you because if you're not well or capable, then nobody gets their needs met, met, neither you nor the kid. And it's the oxygen mask metaphor. And it's a hard one. I think when you first hear the idea that, you know, I remember being on a plane and having the instruction of put the oxygen mask on yourself first, then put it on your kid. You think, oh my gosh, but the kid's more important. My love sitting on the other side of me is more important. And it's like, well, in order for us all to be saved, we have to be well cared for. So it's a great lesson. And I think it's a good one as we enter into parenthood. And I hope that it translates I hope it continues to translate for you because you are so good at doing for others. And it's almost hard to tell when you are at a breaking point or a point of exhaustion because you rally, you know, you just keep going for it. Um, But I think that as we get to know ourselves in a deeper way, we'll probably continue to recognize those moments where you're like, I actually need to tap out and focus on self care at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I I totally agree with that, and I agree that it was such a powerful lesson to me, and, you know, I think, like, I come back to it, and I think about, okay, you've learned that lesson, now, how do you continually integrate it into my life and and I really love one of the things that I find about learning a lesson like when the lesson kind of like occurs and it it strikes you in the face and it says hey check me out is you realize how things in your life have been building up to that that you haven't actually seen before and what was interesting is in our ceremony um, we do a morning ceremony, uh, a longer one. We do one every morning, but we do a longer one once a week on Mondays, and we draw a card. And I drew on not the Monday before I left, but the Monday after I came back, I drew the omens card. Um, it was a goddess card, and it was the, the goddess card meaning omens. And that card really talks about noticing the small things out there as signs and signals, as omens for what things mean in your life. And I didn't know what it meant at that time. And it's funny because we sometimes have a negative relation to that card. Like we've drawn that card. For
0: good reason. And then think bad things have happened. Yeah. Legit bad things have happened.
1: So um, I drew that card. But I realized in thinking about it that it was really a, a recognition of looking back and looking at ways in which my mind and body and actions were actually preparing myself for that lesson. Like it was like... It was like the universe already knew that I was going to learn that lesson at that time. So it was preparing me to receive that lesson, to be open to receiving that and then continue to integrate it into my life. And I just think that's fascinating. Like before I left on the trip, I've been on this whole thing of waking up in the mornings and taking early morning time for myself, doing extra writing, making sure I'm doing exercise in the mornings, you know, opening up my mind to these new possibilities in my life. And all of those things actually prepared me to really receive that lesson while I was on the trip. And that realization even Reinforces trust in yourself, reinforces those decisions because you're like, oh wow, I was already doing that to a greater extent and receiving the benefits of it which placed me in a position to receive that lesson now I can even build upon that and continue to integrate it more deeply into my life
0: it makes me think about being in relationship to nature and to the universe like basically it's a this give and take process and when we're in a flow and, and you know it really stems from taking good care of ourselves and paying attention to what our needs are and again and you're not talking about self-centeredness or self-obsession. You're talking, you know, I, I've thought about this. It's self-obsession versus self-centeredness, centering self as priority versus obsessing over self. And I think that there's a big distinction there. So you're not talking about self-obsession, um, especially to the point where there are other people lose in the process. You're really talking about setting yourself up for success at which ultimately sets others up for success. I mean, in this case, a big outcome is that I got my spouse back. And you know, not to be like overly dramatic, but you know, had you not taken care of yourself, had you not been prepared, had your mind, body, spirit not been prepared, We don't know what the outcome would have been. And that's really valuable that you were working in coordination with the universe being like you were genuinely prepared to go. And now as you return, the idea is, and I think that during this pause that you and I are experiencing during this time during COVID and through being in this very specific gestational period of baby making or, or growing, That, you know, we really are saying, I'm open to the lesson, I'm going to listen for what it means for me so that I can be prepared for the future. Um, and it sounds idealistic and in a way, you know, sometimes things just get thrown at us and we integrate them. But in this instance, I really appreciate the thought that the forethought that went into it. And now the afterthought that's coming from it. I even think this conversation, you know, although at an opportunity to talk to our listeners about what you did and how you left me alone for 10 days, pregnant, (laughs) that it's all, so an op- a opportunity again as a storyteller to deepen in that synthesis, so um, and be one with those lessons, so they don't just float away.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like what you said there about like, and just a continual reminder of having your needs met is is the is the best for everybody. And we lose that a lot. Um, we lose that. And it's funny. It came up in work today. I'm not going to go into this situation. But there was one moment when I was like we were in a meeting and we were this kind of came up in, in a roundabout way. And it was like if you have a need, state it, you know, like state your need for your work and state your need and make that happen when you have the need, you know, don't wait and then state the need later when the need just has not been met like stating your needs actually allows people to know what your needs are <laughs> so that they can work with you um, doesn't to that do sound that. simple when you say it oh it sounds so simple and, 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 and it's, it's so difficult hard. Yeah. it's so difficult mm-hmm. it's and it's and like i say it like i've figured it out lord i have not figured it out i mean bringing it back to the beginning of this podcast you know one of the reasons why i i think i struggle with defensiveness is because I have trouble stating what my needs are, vocally, out loud. And so you don't know that. You don't always know what my needs are. And then so when you're not meeting them, and I'm just saying this broadly. No, I never know what your needs are unless um, you tell me. Then it's more difficult for you. And then you say something that's maybe wrong or a misperception, and I get defensive about it because – I feel like you should know, but you don't know because I haven't stated my needs. So anyway, that's that's just like it just plays out in reality. And I think that the, your point there of this is really hard is a very true statement for me. But lessons like I learned on the trip and those self-trust, that self-reliance are really valuable in me making self-growth and progress towards that.
0: Hey, guess what? What's up? chicken butt guess how how what is the, what is the answer to that one
1: I don't know guess what chicken butt guess how
0: chicken cow I mean I used to make all sorts of stuff up and just crack myself up guess why
1: why chicken
0: thigh guess who who chicken poo poo. I can feel the baby move oh
1: exciting
0: for about a week and a half now
1: it's amazing.
0: We're at the halfway point. We're
1: over the halfway point.
0: Well, we'll see. Well, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. That's up to baby. That's not up to us. Yeah.
1: Um. All right. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. And I just, yeah. I appreciate you encouraging this storytelling. Yeah, just the ways to we should. And I hope, folks, um, you listening out there, if you got something from this story, if you want to hear about my further about my trip on the Buffalo River or any aspects of it, I've also, as a side note for folks that like outdoor adventures, my eight-day solo trip, my uh, canoe camping trip, my gear was completely on point. I was super excited about the things I brought, the things I didn't bring and I really dialed that in. So side note, if you want to hear about those kind of things, just let, just reach out on reading aloud love at gmail.com or reach out to us on Instagram. You can DM us at reading aloud podcast. And um, I'm happy to answer any of and those Facebook questions at reading aloud and Facebook at reading aloud podcasts. podcast. All right. Love you all. Bye.